That changeless God we have, the choir sang about the unchanging book, and that's because we have an unchanging God. Thank Him for that. Let's take our Bibles to Ephesians 4, and that last verse there in particular, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven us. So we thank the Lord for the opportunity to, to uh, just uh, emphasize some of these things and um, let me assure you, I'm not, uh, I haven't heard of anyone that's, uh, you know, at odds with one another needs, needs uh, to uh, uh, apply this message uh, uh, particularly. But if, um, if I don't know that you are at odds with somebody, then I am preaching this message to you. It is for you. It is intended for you. And I, I, and I was thinking of you um, if, uh, if that's the case. So, um, so let's be clear on that. But thank the Lord, this is something that all of us need to be reminded of. We read about the mythological gods of the Greeks and the Romans and the classical uh, gods of, uh, of lore. We see that they're uh, presented as, um, as having surpassed the worst of men's uh, habits and deeds and in their, uh, in their uh, power for evil as well as their power for good. They are, they are, um, the, their iniquities were great as well as their powers were when you read of the classical gods of yore. And it's a bad day when the gods of the people are worse than the people themselves. But thank the Lord that uh, the God that we serve is uh, conspicuously different from all the gods of mythology and the gods of this world. Our faith is conspicuously different than that too because our God uh, is only pure and holy in His power and His glory. Our Lord is the pattern of all that is highest and all that is purest and all that is best. And it is true of His, the character of forgiveness as well. There's no better motive that we have for forgiving one another than what we have just read here, uh, that we are to do it for Christ's sake. For Christ's sake. When I was growing up, my father was uh, not a uh, Christian and um, was a man who was uh, vain and uh, was a drinker and a smoker and uh, one who uh, frequented the bars and so forth. And so I only heard the term for Christ's sake in when he was angry and when he uh, and he was angry often when he was uh, speaking. And he used that phrase for Christ's sake in a, in a derogatory way, in a uh, cursing kind of a way. And so that's all that I knew of that phrase for the first years of my life. And until later in life, I came to Christ and saw it in the scriptures and saw it in the right sense that uh, we're, talking, we're going to be talking about tonight for Christ's sake. Our forgiveness has come. Every one of you that are here tonight that are saved, your forgiveness has come entirely for Christ's sake, not for your own sake. For the sake of His atonement that was paid for us. That's why we tonight have forgiveness. That's why we enjoy the forgiveness. It's because it's for Christ's sake. You know, if uh, there were no penalty for sins and if the penalty were not severe... For sins, it would not be very long before sin would uh, run to anarchy and ruin in, uh, in every uh, life and in the world. It wouldn't take very long at all if there were not uh, a penalty for our sins 
a penalty for sin and a severe penalty for that to occur. For the Lord to let one sin go and one sin unrequited and unpaid for and one sin that occurred without a response that would certainly lead to uh, the, the ultimate ruin of, uh, of the world and ruin of man. And thank God that not one sin has been left unaccounted for. Not one sin has been left unpaid for. And for Christ's sake, we are all forgiven of the sins that we are all guilty of. For the deep love of God for His Son, that was the, uh, the, the love which was conferred upon us was a result of the love of God for His Son and His Son dying in our place for uh, Christ's sake. He, uh, he uh, gave Himself for us and our sins are forgiven for His sake. Thank the Lord for the fact that He forgave us for that reason. God, God will do anything for Jesus Christ. God will do anything for His Son. And one of the things God did for His Son was to forgive us because Jesus died for us. And thank the Lord for that, for Christ's sake. But it says there, for Christ's sake, He hath forgiven you. He hath in the present tense forgiven you. He has right now. Not He did or He will, but He hath in the present and ongoing tense. He hath forgiven you. And He's forgiven you certainly. It's a certain and a complete forgiveness. He's forgiven you and me Certainly. He's forgiven us with a continuous forgiveness. Our sins past, our sins present, the sins of this day, our sins not yet committed are under the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been forgiven as though we were not sinners. We've been forgiven as though we sin not because of Jesus Christ. For the sake of Jesus Christ, it's a continuous forgiveness. And that forgiveness is without cost to us. You are forgiven today entirely and completely and wholly forgiven. And your, continuous, your forgiveness is continuous. And it didn't cost you anything. It didn't cost me anything. But it cost the Lord Jesus Christ everything. Our uh, sins are forgiven entirely for Christ's sake. Thank God for that. They're forgiven completely as well. Altogether and entirely, there's nothing in reserve, there's nothing held back, there's nothing that God is keeping to the side to bring to remembrance at some later time to put before you. You'll stand before the judge with the blood of Jesus Christ pleading your case. Thank God for that. We, we have read there in the, uh, in the passage in Matthew something remarkable. Let's go back there, the... The gist of the passage concerns itself with this uh, individual uh, being wise, worldly wise, in, in making a way for himself after he's put out of the stewardship. And the passage has primarily to do, has a lot to do with good stewardship or bad stewardship, the oversight of the things that you're given account for. And that's uh, true there, but I'm, that's not where I want to draw your attention <coughs> in that in that. Uh, a parable in that passage today, I want you to see something here that the uh, individual called a couple of debtors to him and he said, how much do you owe my Lord, my boss? How much do you owe my boss? One said, well, I owe him a hundred measures of oil. He said, sit down quickly. Take your bill. 
Scratch off the 100 measures of oil, write down 50. By my authority, I'm telling you to do that. Write down half that. You only owe half. You only owe 50. Calls another one in. How much do you owe? I owe 100 measures of wheat. He says, I'll tell you what. Sit down quickly and write 80. I'm not sure what. He just didn't like this guy as well as the other one. But <laughs> uh, he said, sit down quickly and write 80. You only owe 80. Man, I got a 20% discount from, uh, from uh, the steward who is the one who is accountable. He's the one that has the authority to do this, uh, this reduction of the bill. And so he reduces the bill in the one by half. He reduces the bill in the other one by, by 20%. And that's good. But uh, the Lord didn't do that with us. He didn't come and say, well, what are your sins? And your sins are laid out before him. And he said, he didn't say, sit down quickly and, and I'm going to only charge you half of your sins. I'm going to only punish you for half of what you really have coming. Or I'm going to only punish you 80% of what you deserve. Your penalty is not going to be the full amount. It's going to be just a partial amount of the penalty. And you're only going to be charged partially for that. I thank God that it was not that way. When, uh, the, uh, when the Lord dealt with it, he said, I'm going to, I'm going to write the bill off altogether. I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to come when you come before me and, and, uh, and, you, and, and the Lord says, how much do you owe? And my sins uh, are accounted there and laid out before God. He says, uh, uh, to, God says to the, uh, to the scribe there in heaven, sit down quickly and write zero. Write paid in full across his bill. Because Jesus paid it all. And thank God for that great uh, uh, truth of complete forgiveness. Someone uh, wrote uh, this. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on Him and pardon me. Oh, praise the Lord for that. And He looked on Him and pardoned me. The, the uh, bill is paid, and Romans 8 says it this way. Romans 8 and verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. No condemnation. No condemnation. We're not partially billed. We don't owe some that is yet to come. We're paid in full. And thank God for that forgiveness, for it is for Christ's sake. But the practical application of that truth is what I want to uh, spend a few moments on tonight. The practical application of this great truth. The application for us is the other part. The forgiving one another. Uh, look back again at uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and uh, chapter 4 and verse, and verse 32. The second half of that verse in particular. Forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you, but he says forgiving one another because of that, for that motive, because of that motivation, forgiving one another, forgiving one another. It doesn't say there forgiving another, forgiving someone else. It says forgiving one another. It is a, um, uh, it is a, uh, a truth that today you may need to forgive someone else who has offended you. But tomorrow you will need the forgiveness of someone else who you offend. So it's a mutual thing, isn't it? It's, it's mutual funds. It's a joint stock that we all ought to be investing in. This business of uh, 
forgiving one another. Because as, as we forgive others, we know also that time comes and maybe soon that uh, we need the forgiveness of someone else that we have wronged, that we have offended, that we have done wrong. And so thank God for this great uh, truth of forgiving one another for Christ's sake. When we forgive, it's a, a small measure when we put it to comparison for what Christ forgave you and for what Christ forgave me. It really isn't much by comparison to forgive another. It's like the volume of a teaspoon as compared to the volume of this entire room. What Christ forgave us is so much greater than what we would ever need to forgive anyone else. Here's Peter. He comes to Jesus. He's really feeling spiritual. And he's looked to the law and he's seen that the law is talking about, you know, uh, if someone offends you and so forth. And he can see that, you know, two or three times and he, he's checked with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and Two times is, you know, two times for the same offense is remarkable. To forgive someone three times for the same offense is almost unheard of, uh, you know, in the, in the mind of the Pharisee, in the economy of the, of the religious. And so uh, Peter's going to, uh, to Jesus, and he's got someone that's offended him. He's got someone, you, you think Peter ever offended anybody? <laughs> you know, uh, he's got someone that's offended him. And he said, Lord, how many times am I expected to forgive somebody for the same Offense, over and over again, the same thing, over and over again. How many times? Seven times? And so he thinks he's really going to be safe here because he's thinking the Pharisees are going two times, maybe three times for the exceptional, for the remarkable, for the unusual. So I'll double that and add one more, and I'll say seven times. And so he said, man, Jesus is going to be impressed with me on this one, <laughs> you know. He's going to be impressed with me on this one. So uh, Jesus said, I'll tell you what, um, 70 times 7. Do it 490 times. And uh, Peter was, of course, blown away by this. Blown away by such a thing. How in the world, you know? But the, the fact is that uh, Peter is needing to learn how much greater, how many more times greater uh, the offense that he was guilty of against God was forgiven and forgiven and forgiven and forgiven. So he says to Peter, you need to learn this lesson you need to learn that lesson of the, of the 490, you know, not the second mile, the 490 miles, to go the 490. And so uh, Peter's, Peter's learning a, a hard lesson here. And um, we need to learn the same thing too. As bad as anyone has been to you, as bad as anyone has ever been to me, how much more uh, is the offense that you and I have generated against God. Let's just add it up a little bit. Start adding it up a little bit. You'll be humiliated and embarrassed to start to have to add it up. To add your sins against the Lord. To, to add up every time you have taken Him for granted. To add up every time you've taken for granted His blessings. To add up every time you've not thanked Him for the breath of life. To add up every time you've not mentioned the, uh, your thankfulness for your eyes, your ears, your health, your ability to think, to add up every time that uh, your heart beats, that you have not thanked God for life itself, to add up every time that you have been self-willed, every time that you and I have been self-serving, every time that we have neglected to even look at His Word, every time that we have neglected to pray, Every time that we have neglected God's house, every time that we have neglected the opportunity to speak 
for Christ, the gospel to someone who needs it every time we have uh, in so many multiple, multiple ways gone our way rather than God's way. And we added up and we added up and it wouldn't take but a day or two for us to say, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to. I've run out of paper. I've run out of ink. I don't want to do this anymore, Lord. I don't want to write down anymore the offenses that I've offended you with. And yet you have forgiven me of all of them. Every one of them is under the blood. So giving forgiveness for Christ's sake makes it easy. You might call this sermon Forgiveness made easy Uh, because it's easy for us to forgive another when we, by a comparison, recognize how much Christ has forgiven us. God will not accept our gifts or our prayers or our praises if we come to Him with an unforgiving heart. Uh, We we can't expect it. We don't, don't expect any grace from God, any of His extended mercies, His blessings. If I harbor unforgiveness in my heart, I cannot expect to, the Lord to hear me. You know, I cannot expect the Lord to bless me. I cannot expect the Lord to help me answer my prayers, even hear my prayers, if I harbor in my heart unforgiveness. And neither can you. So uh, recognize the motivation there for us to forgive others, for you to forgive your wife, for your wife, for wife to forgive husband, for daughter to forgive mother, for mother to forgive daughter, for son to forgive father, mother, for mother to forgive daughter, son, brother, sister, uncle, cousin, friend, boss, all of those things for forgiveness extended to whoever it is you need to extend forgiveness to. How much easier it should be for you and I to extend that forgiveness because of the motivation that Christ, for Christ's sake, I have been forgiven. For Christ's sake, God has forgiven me. And so for Christ's sake, you and I need to learn, always to be forgiving of one another. I tell you, it's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing to be released from that, <clears throat> from that burden of an unforgiving spirit and the bitterness that that engenders and all of the things that are connected with, uh, the, all the losses that are connected with an unforgiving spirit. It's a wonderful thing to have deliverance from that and to remain in that condition. Yes, indeed, the offenses are no doubt real. The, offense, the offenses are no doubt genuine and they hurt. Uh, No doubt they hurt, but uh, if you stand on ground where you have never offended or never hurt others, then uh, okay, you have perhaps greater justification than the rest of us do for not forgiving. But when you compare it to the uh, work of Jesus Christ in forgiving, you have no ground to stand on. And so, uh, so the best of the best of us has nothing Nothing to offer when it comes to a defense for an unforgiving spirit. By the grace of God, let us us be delivered from that. I want to give you some practical counsel that you'll see here in the scripture used over and over again. You're going to read it a lot. You're going to see it a lot. When you read your Bible, you're going to hear it over and over again as the Spirit of God speaks to you and I about that. But simple practical counsel along these lines. And that would be, first of all, let's... Let's try not to provoke offenses, you know. Let's try not to, um, to be that one that is the uh, provocateur, the provoker of offenses. Don't, don't be like the little boy who keeps pulling his sister's pigtails 
just to make her mad, you know. Don't be like that. And you boys that grew up with sisters all are guilty of provoking offenses and trying to get sister in trouble because she blew her stack and got mad and, and uh, you know, uh, told you off or went crying off to mom. Uh, let's try in our adult lives not to be the one who is provoking offenses. So let's try to be sensitive to that. Let's try not to be the one who is unconcerned about the sensitivities of others. Here's a person that, uh, you know, has uh, uh, physical um, maladies that, uh, that are, are uh, severe and you come tramping through the room and hollering and uh, shouting and carrying on and, uh, you know, that uh, you're not you're not uh, being uh, considerate of their of their uh, physical uh, infirmities. That is one thing, but there are those that you know uh, you may know of things that uh, are provo- provoking and uh, have no uh, concern about that, and just say it's their problem. It's their problem. I don't care. You know how they react. That's not the attitude to take. Uh, let's not do that. Hershey and uh, Hudson were. The other day, uh, Hershey was down with me. They'd gotten their walkie-talkies out, and so they were talking back and forth. And Hershey was wanting to help me with, uh, we were filling in a hole, uh, covering the cover of the septic tank lid up like that and filling that. And he, he was, uh, you know, uh, wanting to be involved with me, but uh, Hudson had, had gone up to Grandma's house and was up there playing games with him. He had the walkie-talkie up there, and and so he was beeping it and, and uh, talking to Hershey. Hershey was trying to, he had his shovel in his hand, but he had his walkie-talkie there too, and beep, 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 it would come, and he'd say, Hudson, Hudson, I'm helping Papa. I'm helping Papa. I, I can't talk anymore right now. Don't talk to me anymore. And so he'd put it down, beep, beep, beep. You know? And Hudson, just, because Hudson knew it was bugging him, you know, Hudson just kept beep, 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 him and talking to him and talking to him. And Hershey didn't feel like he could stop talking. I don't know why. He didn't just turn it off. But he, he said, Hudson, I want to turn, I'm going to turn this off. I'm going to turn this off. I can't talk anymore. I'm helping Papa. I'm helping Papa. But he wouldn't turn it off, you know. And Hudson recognized that and kept calling him, kept calling him, and kept provoking him until, you know, he was pretty steamed. Finally, he huffed and he puffed and he did turn it off and he put it in his pocket and we went back to finishing our job, you know. But he was not happy with his brother who was provoking him. And uh, you and I have been guilty of the same thing, you know. Uh, we've been guilty of the same thing. My grandpa was famous for that with grandma, you know. Uh, grandma had a temper. She had a bad temper. Uh, and grandpa knew that. Grandpa Wrench knew that. But he just got so tickled at getting her to the edge and uh, pushing her buttons. And uh, she would I mean, she would go at it, you know. She, if she had had a gun, she definitely would have shot him. No, <laughs> no question about that. But he'd get her to the point where she'd pick up an iron frying pan and throw it at him across the room, you know. And he just laughed about that. He loved to provoke Grandma Wrench to, to that point, to, you know. They loved each other, but he was a provocateur, you know. So um, you, and I, you and I know, you know, we're, we're, our mates have buttons to push. We know uh, what to do to just get them upset. But that is something that we need to uh, we need to just say, God help me not to be the one who provokes the offenses. Uh, so that's one. That other practical counsel is this: Let's try not to be offensive. You know, try not to be offensive in our actions. Uh, 
let's, uh, by the grace of God, you know, ask the Lord to help us to have some discretion. Help us to have some, you know, some, some uh, sense, uh, you know, and some, some uh, care about others' feelings and so forth. Let's, let's try not to be offensive, offensive. Thirdly, don't manufacture offenses where none is intended, you know. Don't manufacture offenses where none is intended. One of those old Western movies, the cowboys were fighting the Indians, and the, there was a cronk was over here. It was a, uh, he was an Indian, you know. He's played by uh, Joey Bishop, but he, he was supposed to be an Indian, you know. And, um, and uh, you know, um, one of the guys said, well, the only good Indian is a dead Indian. And then he looked over to, to Cronk, and he said, no offense. And Cronk said, none, none taken. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, uh, uh, he, he, was, he had the right attitude, you know, no offense and none taken. So don't look for offenses where there, there isn't one intended. I was talking to uh, Nicole before the services, you know, and I, I was admiring the paint job up, up in the youth room. They'd worked on that and stuff. And so I said, I just said to Nicole, I said, boy, that was a nice paint job. And uh, she said, what? You know, and she kind of, you know, uh, <laughs> so, she started talking about her makeup, you know. So, so, <laughs> So I said, no, I'm not talking about the, I'm talking about the youth room. <laughs> she, she said, oh, oh, and then her dad said, well, you see, she's colored her hair blonde. So, it's, uh, she's, uh, so, so there was no offense meant there, and she, and she said, none taken, none taken. So I, I think, thank God for that, you know, and Grandpa used to say, you know, if the barn needs painting, we'll paint it, you know, but... Uh, but not need, no need to give it seven coats. But anyways, I was uh, I was not in, uh, offending a, uh, an offense, uh, not intending an offense there, and she uh, she uh, took none. So thank God for that. But uh, let's try to let's try not to manufacture an offense. Let's not uh, you know not uh, say well they they walked by me and didn't even uh, acknowledge me, didn't say say anything to me when they walked by. Well, maybe their you know maybe their eyes were closed or uh, maybe they. Maybe they're blind, you know, uh, uh, what it might be. Let's, let's not take offense at that. Um, uh, we, you know, they, they didn't speak to me or uh, they didn't shake my hand. Well, maybe they thought, you, you know, you were coming down with the coronavirus or something. Didn't want to shake your hand. But uh, don't take offense at that. Uh, don't think, well, you know, they didn't smile when they, when they saw me. Well, you know, maybe they're thinking about something else uh, there. So let's ask the Lord help us not to manufacture offenses where there is none intended. Uh, and then another practical thought would be this, uh, to, to look at uh, an offense. You, you've seen, you've played with a telescope and you've looked at it through the magnifying side and you've turned it around and looked at it through the diminishing side. Well, take the telescope that way when it comes to offenses. Look at them uh, from, the wrong, from the opposite side. Look at it and diminish the size of the offense by looking at it through that side of the telescope. Let's ask the Lord to help us to see offenses smaller than they are rather than turn the telescope around on them and see them as bigger than they really are. Uh, and when you, you know, when you peel all the uh, additions and, and um, the modifications and the exaggerations that we sometimes put on an offense, when you peel all that back and you get to the core of the problem, you find oftentimes that it's really not much of an offense in the first place. Um, a word misspoken or a word misunderstood uh, you know, something that was said one way but thought to be intended another way. That's how easily we sometimes take offense. And so, and then it, you know, ex it exaggerates and multiplies and so on. And there we go. We're off to the races with it. 
but let's diminish the offenses and uh, not, uh, you know, uh, let's, uh, let's turn a blind eye and a deaf ear to those things that, that uh, really we, we uh, need not to be offended at. Another good piece of counsel would be not to publish the offenses. And we're in an era where everyone's a publisher. We all are publishers because we have social media. And so, uh, you know, we can make, uh, we can publish something on, on and make it, cause it to go viral if we want to. We all can be publishers, but let's not publish offenses that, uh, you know, we perceive against ourselves and, uh, and try to, uh, to magnify our position and, uh, to do harm to someone else that we perceive as having offended us. Let's, let's be, uh, let's be willing not to publish offenses, to keep them, you know, uh, to ourselves. And uh, then to, uh, lastly this evening, to, to leave those things to the Lord. He's so much better at handling those things than we are. And we might craft various responses that would make us feel better if this person would just, you know, get the comeuppance they've got coming and so on. But... Uh, Let's, uh, let's exercise grace and let's exercise um, restraint. Let's ask the Lord to help us to uh, respond with the motivation in mind that for Christ's sake, as Christ forgave me, so also I need to forgive others. And by the help of the Lord, we can all invest in that so that uh, we can be forbearing one another, forgiving one another, and all the more so as we see the day approaching. Let's stand together and we want to extend the invitation tonight. If you need to come, if you need to use the altar to respond, uh, you come. Maybe you've been hurt. Certainly all of us at one time or another, many times probably, have been hurt by the unthoughtfulness uh, or the lack of concern or the just, just the meanness of somebody that intended it that way. And other times we've been hurt unintentionally by someone who's been thoughtless or careless. Um, and certainly all of us have been on that end, but by the same token, all of us have been on the other end as well, the offender. So um, let's ask the Lord to help us with that, help us apply practically some of these truths, and, and uh, maybe God has laid on your heart someone that you just need to extend a willingness to forgive to and uh, a heart of forgiveness. Uh, they may be just wanting forgiveness and wanting make things right, but uh, they don't know what to say. They don't know how you're going to respond. And maybe uh, if you took the first step, it would be, would be a great thing and a good help to them. Father, we pray your blessing on the invitation. We pray, Lord, that we confess that all of us are guilty of uh, at times not having the kind of willingness to forgive that we know we should have. And so I pray, Lord, that you'd help us. I pray you help us not to get easily offended either. Lord, we know that uh, we certainly have no cause for that by comparison to what you do. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd help us to be uh, motivated by the fact that uh, we ought to forgive for Christ's sake. Forgive as the Lord forgave us. And so help us, Lord, with that and help us apply it in our lives this week. And we pray that we'd uh, see many, uh, many good fruit come from uh, our attitude of willingness to be of a forgiving spirit. We ask it in Jesus' name. As uh, we uh, sing 542, let's ask the Lord to guide us if we need to respond at the altar or there we are at. Come on ahead and let's do that. 542.